green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, September 19th. A Tabernacle was set up. Today's scripture reading is found in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 5 from the Message Translation, which reads, That first plan contained directions for worship and a specially designed place of worship. A large outer tent was set up. The lampstand, the table, and the bread of presence were placed in it. This was called the holy place. Then a curtain was stretched, and behind it a smaller, inside tent set up. This was called the Holy of Holies. In it were placed the gold incense altar and the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant, containing the gold urn of manna, Aaron's rod that budded, the covenant tablets, and the angel-wing-shadowed mercy seat. But we don't have time to comment on these now. This is God's Word. The garden, where everything belongs, where we belong, where intimacy with God, with one another, with all things, flows like the four rivers where the gold is found, where the sweet incense of communion is in the air, filling our lungs with every breath, where Emmanuel permeates all, permeates us, where the everlasting is low-hanging fruit found seemingly everywhere. The altar the earth and spaces where we mark either the experienced or the evoked presence of this garden in which we no longer dwell, as a people exiled from it, forever walking and toiling and sweating and trudging east of Eden, in dry places seeking rest but finding none, when suddenly, like Hagar in her barren flight, we find ourselves besides a spring in the desert that we had not seen, as suddenly we realize we are seen by the one who sees us, and for a moment it is Eden again, even if just for a moment. And so we shape our earthen altar or pile up gathered stones, or even just one, a standing stone, testifying to all who passed that God was in this place, and we didn't know it. But for a moment, forever so tantalizingly brief a moment, we saw the face of God, even if through a glass darkly the tent slash tabernacle, the designated space in which the divine camped, as it were, among the human, with four tented walls enclosing the collective earthen space, marking and evoking the garden presence of God towards which they, as a people exiled from that garden, journeyed. A tabernacle was set up, 
Think of it as the mobile presence of God right in the middle of the camp, bearing the volatile divine presence in their midst, like a celestial Wi-Fi tower that moved with them wherever they went. Here is where the cloud that led them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night rested, the locus of the divine in their midst, the place of sacrifice, the place of guidance, the place of mediation, the place towards which all eyes turned. A tabernacle was set up. This was also a place of paradox. If cherubim with flaming sword prevented access to the garden with its tree of life, the tent itself spoke of both presence and distance. Yes, the presence was there, but it was hidden behind those tented walls, behind multiple tented walls, actually, from outer courtyard to holy place to most holy place. A bit like those Russian dolls, one encased within the next, each with more tightly restricted access as one progressed in. This was not a tent open to all. After all, this was and is a volatile presence, potentially as hazardous as helping. Oh yes, there be layers here to this tabernacle. So as you pause for a moment and reflect and pray, what collective holy space has impacted you? Be it outdoor fire pit in a retreat center, a small chapel, or a soaring vaulted cathedral. What has most impacted you with a sense of the divine presence? What made it so? What drew you there? And once there, what drew you upward? Our prayer today, and pretty much throughout this week, is taken from the words of Psalm 84, starting with the New International Version and finishing with the Message Translation. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God, generous in gifts and glory. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. It's smooth sailing all the way with God of the angel armies. Silah pause in his presence.